0: A good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron.
1: Hi. Lil, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are good.
0: you? I'm doing great. Oh, good. I'm doing good. Thank you. So hey, Lil. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Mm-hmm. We did a had a visit, had a show with Dr. Rhett Fry. Right. And we talked about how to strengthen your immunity. Yes. Which seemed like a timely topic, oh. all things considered. in the in the time of COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. That was episode 282 for those who are keeping track. Okay. And uh, if you want to check that out, you ought to because it was a really good show. He had really some great information show. for us. But his, uh, his thoughts got me thinking. His, his information got me thinking about immunity in general. Mm-hmm. And as I started researching a little bit more about it, I, I saw a bunch of articles that popped up on skeletal muscle and the importance of skeletal muscle to our overall immunity. And it got my my curiosity going, right? Yeah. So today I want to just share a little bit about skeletal muscle, muscle in general, and how that helps us with immunity specifically. Okay. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Okay. Number one, there are three types of muscles inside of our body. And this – I did not pay attention in high school biology because this was all news <laughs> to me. Uh-huh. But there's three types of muscle. There's smooth muscle, mm-hmm. which supports our internal organs. It's like the muscle that you find inside your stomach lining oh. and inside your intestines, around your organs and things like that. Okay. It's You don't think about using that muscle. Mm-hmm. It just works, mm-hmm. hopefully, right? Yeah. <laughs> we just want it to work. <laughs> so that's the first one. Uh, the second one is cardiac muscle. And I did not realize that the muscle of your heart – is unlike any other kind of muscle in your body. I didn't realize that. Cardiac huh. muscle is its own kind of thing. So, so that of course you don't have to think about right. your heart pumping you. That it just works for us, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and then the the last kind of skeletal muscle, and that's the the muscle is th- that we think of when we think of muscle, yes. right?
1: The ones that hurts. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's the okay. one that,
0: yeah. So your body, uh, your skeletal muscle is the is the muscle inside your body that's attached to the bones. Yes. And the combination of your bones, your muscle tissue, your blood vessels, your tendons, your nerves is what allows us to move and to run and to jump. So okay. what, like I said, when we think of muscle, we usually are thinking of our skeletal muscle. Okay. Okay. So we know that muscles do a lot for us and I'm not going to touch on all of the things, but aside from allowing us to move and to run and compete and do those kinds of things, muscles do store energy, mm-hmm. lots of stuff that they do for us. But today I want to focus on how to make our muscles better, how to improve the quality of our muscles so that they can strengthen our immunity specifically. Okay. And when we strengthen our muscles and make them better. It helps us in all these other areas that right. muscles help us, right? right? So the first thing that they say we should do to, to make our muscle quality better is to vary your workout.
1: Oh. And I think
0: a lot of us, when we think workout, I think many of us, Think cardio, right. you know, aerobics and bike and swim mm-hmm. and run, those kinds of things. And those things are important. Right. Those are great. But when we talk about varying our workout, we can't forget resistance training. Mm. We got to be working on strengthening those muscles, not just the cardio. Right. Number two, this will not surprise you, but we need to follow a healthy diet. Yeah. It seems like everything revolves around <laughs> you know. following a healthy diet, doesn't it? It sure does. You want to specifically <laughs> make sure that you get enough protein like soy, meat, fish, Dairy, nuts, beans, legumes, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. What that does is that repairs the micro tears in your muscle, which occur when we do our resistance yes. training. You had sore legs yes. a, a week or so ago because of that. So you want yes. to get that protein up. Uh, number three, they recommend that you work your biggest muscles. Now, they say if you're a beginner that any workout is likely to increase your protein storage and that enables your muscles to grow but if you've been doing resistance training for a while, you'll get, you want to build the most muscle on your biggest muscle groups like your chest, your back, your legs. Those are the big oh, groups. Okay. And experts recommend that you change up your workout every six to eight weeks when you're doing hmm. your routine. So just do different okay. things, right? Number four, plan your rest days. This is something that uh, for people who work out consistently is sometimes hard to do. But your muscles grow when you're resting, not when you're working out. So you got to do the workout. But then you gotta rest those muscles in order for them to heal and to grow and to get bigger. So oh. don't forget a rest day, especially in your resistance training. Okay. Now cardio you can do thirty minutes a day, that's recommended. Okay. Keep going for that. Okay. And frankly, when you're working resistance training as well, you a rest day could be like I work my legs today and I'm gonna work my arms tomorrow. Okay. You're, okay. That's a rest day for your legs. Okay. Right. So you can still work those workouts in there. Uh they say you should eat carbohydrates after your workout. Yes. You like that, right? <laughs> I love that. (laughs) Research shows that you'll rebuild muscle faster on your rest days if you feed your body carbohydrates. So a good idea is to have a banana, maybe a sports drink, or a peanut butter sandwich after your workout. No Cheetos? (laughs) Well, <laughs> Cheetos are carbohydrates, that's true Okay. And uh, they also recommend ha- that you have a glass of milk before bed oh. uh, They say that eating a combination of carbohydrates and protein 30 minutes before you go to bed is a good idea The, the calories are more likely to stick with you during sleep And reduce protein breakdown oh. in your muscles That's so, great stuff, yeah That you might want to consider and maybe think about as you're working yeah. out Today, Lil, we're going to kind of let a cat... Out of a bag Ooh, i love Just that. A little, bit, a little bit of an announcement uh as an organization the huntsman world senior games we're a worldwide leader in active aging and so mm-hmm. we decided we wanted to shine a spotlight on what active aging is and what it looks like and so sometime in the next few weeks we're going to launch our inaugural list of the fittest 50 over 50. Ooh, that's pretty cool it's gonna be awesome really cool we've been working on it we've got some amazing athletes that are on that list if you're interested in being notified when the list drops, you can let us know at the50over50.com. That is the50over50.com slash subscribe. And just drop your email there uh, in that uh, text box there and we'll be able to notify you when the list drops. And you're going to want to be notified because oh, there's yeah. some pretty inspiring people on this list. And speaking of inspiring people and shining a light on active aging, today's guest is on that list.
1: Oh. Nice.
0: One of our fittest 50 over 50, Gene Dykes, broke the marathon world record for aged 70-plus runners with a time of 2 hours, 54 minutes, and 23 seconds in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, He also got a 2.58 with 50 seconds in the 2019 Boston Marathon. In late 2017, he ran three 200-milers in a three-month period, (laughs) and then a 50-miler and a 100-miler early in 2018. He started 2019 the same way with the Arches Ultra 50-miler in Moab in late January, and then the 200-mile delirious Western Endurance Scenic Trail Race, which is in Australia, three weeks later. Oh. And that well, that took him 101 hours to complete, oh. which had to have been an undertaking. It's amazing. Gene. thank you for joining us today. His immunity is amazing.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, thanks. Uh, that's a, a long list. That's about the same length of list of races I've not done <laughs> <laughs> well i
0: i am just blown away yeah. uh, with your the, the events that you've participated in and the success that you've had with them congratulations on an incredible running
1: career absolutely well thank you it's been uh, it's been quite a trip uh it just
0: that shows that happens.
1: what happens when you just trying out you do yourself one year after the other
0: uh, you know that is so great i i love that idea of you're competing with yourself how yeah. how valuable is that to to use that as your motivation I, I want to ask you a question because we're in the middle of this pandemic um how has COVID-19 affected your running Do you, have you had to cut back or have you been able to still get out and hit the trail
1: well for the longest time uh you know hope springs eternal and <laughs> I hoped maybe one race wouldn't be canceled so I kept up my uh my marathon training until uh uh until the Boston and London marathon times had passed. And uh, so I was, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to train effectively without a race, but uh, it turned out that, uh, well, I just keep doing whatever my coach tells me. (laughs) (laughs) That that is so, um,
0: I think you brought up two, two brilliant points. One is that you've got a coach that helps keep you motivated. And I think so many of us could capitalize on that if we chose to. Mm -hmm. And second of all, you've, you've alluded to the importance of competition in motivation. I think that we see that at the World Senior Games so often. Our, our athletes are really motivated by that idea of competition. It's not necessarily winning, although that's important, but just the idea of competing and wanting to be your best and to do your best is a real powerful motivator. It sounds like you've experienced that in your life.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Competition is, is, is so much fun. It, it isn't the Uh, you know, the be-all and the end-all, but uh, it's an important component. It's fun to compete. And as you say, it doesn't matter whether you're uh, first, second, last. uh, I've I've finished last in a few of those 200-mile races, and (laughs) that didn't bother me at all. Um, But uh, yeah, the competition, that's 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 an important aspect. And I think for uh, a lot of race directors don't realize that because they sometimes cut their age groups off and don't let the 70-year-olds compete uh, in their own age groups.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, we, we feel very strongly about that. <laughs> we have, we have five-year age groups all the way up through as high as we want to go. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of things at play when you're putting a race on or an event on, but that's one of the things that we feel really good and strongly about. I, I'm, I'm wondering, Gene, when did you get into running? Is this something that you've done your whole life or something you picked up later on in life?
1: Oh, I uh, I started running oh, way back in junior high. Just just as a lark, I went out and ran one day, and I would do it now and then. So when I got to high school, of course, I did track. In college, I did track, but after that, uh, no, there was a, I didn't do anything in the way of competition. I just ran right, I felt like it. Sometimes in shape, sometimes not. It wasn't until I was uh, fifty-seven that I, I started racing again. For some reason, the the whole racing lifestyle had escaped me, and I didn't even realize that there were all these races out there. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, but that's that's when I. Say my real running career began was at age 57 at age 57
0: wow it's never too late huh no i love
1: that i, I love, love that
0: because it's not too late and i i think sometimes we think that it is we oh, convince yeah. ourselves it's not too late we see that so often at the games and yeah. i'm glad that you're uh, an example of someone who just picked it up a little bit later in life and then not only just picked it up but holy cow Gene <laughs> excelled at it
1: yeah well, I, uh, for about seven years, you know, I, my first race was a little trail race that was just so much fun, and my next race was a half marathon on the road, and I think subconsciously after that, I decided that every year I would run a little faster on the road, a little longer on the trail, and a little more often uh, in both, and, uh, and I gradually improved for about seven years, and then it looked like, well, let's see, that would have made me about uh 65 or 65 it looked right. like i was you know getting that plateau <laughs> and that's when i hired a coach and uh, it turned out that i wasn't anywhere close to achieving my potential before that. Wow. you
0: still had some in you that's wonderful that's wonderful i'm wondering you've you've you know you've already talked about having a coach and and how important that is um how did you how do you how did you go about finding a coach and and what was your motivation to say i'm gonna I'm gonna go this route and see how far I can take this running thing?
1: Well, I know exactly when I decided. Uh, you know, I, I kept trying to run a new marathon PR every year and uh, one year I picked Toronto and I was all thought I was in great shape and I came up way, way short and that that sort of said, I, I can't do it on my own anymore. You, did, you didn't like that. I'm getting <laughs> old, and uh, <laughs> let's see what a coach can do. I'll hire a coach for five months uh, to get me in shape for the Boston Marathon. And uh, uh, and, and I found him by uh, Google. You know, I just Googled okay. running coach. Well, I threw in Philadelphia as a term, but I was willing to go anywhere because a lot of coaching is done online. And, uh, and I found the, uh, an obvious step and uh he uh he really changed the way i trained um <clears throat> and in just those uh five months i went from you know a disappointing uh three hours and 29 minutes at toronto to uh three hours and uh, nine minutes at boston
0: wow
1: 20 minutes that- off my time in in five months now that's amazing and you know
0: in as is the case in so many times with competition and, and physical feeds, it's all relative, right? Because if I ran a 329 I'd in a marathon, <laughs> <laughs> if I run a 329 in a 5K some days, I feel like I've, I've been successful. I but, um, but knowing where you're at and knowing what your potential could be, yeah. I think is very valuable and important. Uh, so obviously you got a coach and, and switched up your training a little bit. I'm wondering if you can talk for just a minute about the physical preparation for a race. What, and and specifically, let's say a marathon, because I know that a hundred meter dash is a different training model than a marathon, obviously. How do you go about training for a marathon? Do you just wake up in the morning and run marathons until the day of the race?
1: Well, uh, doing other races is a big part of my training. Uh, I know a lot of people like to lay off races and just train for like two or three months, but, uh, no, I'll race, uh, every weekend. Uh, and my coach is, uh, is good with that. He, uh, as I said, I'll just do whatever my coach tells me. And, uh, you know, it usually turns out to be, uh, you know, one long workout a week, uh, two or three pretty, uh, pretty fast ones, a couple rest day or a rest day and a couple, you know, recovery days. Okay. Uh, he mixes it up and he makes every, every week different so that I, I can't get in a rut. You don't get bored. Yeah. Well, that never happens anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you say a long day, if you're a marathoner, cause I am not, I just, I, I don't have any point of reference here, but what's a long day if you're training for a marathon, Is that, obviously you're not going to run 26.2 miles that day.
1: Or do you? Actually, I rarely run more than, uh, say, 16 miles during training. But uh, part of my training is going out and running a 100 mile race, say, two or three months ahead of time. So (laughs) that's over the period when people are talking about working up to their 20 mile long run, Well like, like, you know, kick it off with a uh, with hundred miles. <laughs> with I mean, 100 mile if a 20 mile run is good. A hundred miler has got to be five times as good. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least five times better, right? Yeah. <laughs> now you, wow. you also, we've been talking about
0: some of your marathon prowess in, in your intro. Uh, obviously you do ultra marathons as well. Tell me, what's the difference in training between getting ready for a marathon and getting ready for one of these ultra marathons, these hundred milers or these 200 mile races? Is it the same process or is there something else that's involved?
1: Uh, To be good at, at ultras, uh, it would be different, but I just run them for fun and uh, marathon training is, 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 sufficient. If you train real hard for a marathon pr that's all the training you need to do to go out and run 50 100 miles even 200 I mean, it, and a lot of people could just have a blast doing those a lot more than than think they could i, I think i would have to think <laughs> pretty hard
0: about having fun at a 200 miler that seems like a a pretty
1: a pretty intense endeavor yeah oh i'd yeah. give up all my road racing if i had to choose between Good racing and doing long trail races. Would you? Wow. Oh, it's just, it's amazing the, the scenery uh, you get out there. And sure. You know, sometimes you're, you know, uh, conversing with other runners and sometimes, you know, you're just out on, totally on your own. Just, you know, you and the mountain lions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he runs. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's motivation for you me. Don't, you don't have to <laughs> run faster
0: than a mountain lion, just faster than the guy who's behind you. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, uh, so you do these ultras. Um, I, I'm wondering if there's a mental preparation that you go through as well for, for any of your races, obviously physically you're out there and you're, you're getting the miles in, but mentally, how do you prepare for a race?
1: Oh, to be honest, it, it never occurs to me to, <laughs> to, to think I'm, uh, I'm going to fail. Um, uh, I just, I just know I'm going to have a great time. So my mental preparation consists of being excited about, uh, What's coming up? Uh, in fact, uh, if you if you sum up the excitement of looking forward to a race all year long, you know it, it might be more than than actually doing the race. That's why I tell people make sure you put some destination race on your calendar uh, so you can look forward to it all year. And and you've
0: definitely you, you we can see from your bio you've you've been able to do that. I'm wondering if you have a favorite race that you've ever done, you've got this incredible catalog of races you've done. Is there one that stands out as a favorite?
1: Well, I pretty much have a favorite at uh, each distance. And so it's sort of like, uh, you know, saying which daughter is my favorite that way. But uh, (laughs) I I tell people the Bigfoot 200 is uh, just, just a totally awesome race. Uh, It's scheduled again this year in August. I'm going to go back and do it for the second time. Um, and it looks like it's going to be held. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the forest rangers want them to do the race, and the, the uh, restrictions are getting relaxed, Yeah. but, you know, who knows? We'll have to but see, it's, it's, it's just something. The, the scenery is incredible. Uh, you're running through, you know, the volcanic blast zone, and then you're running in the deep woods. It's, so it's so where incredible. is the Bigfoot 200? It uh, starts around Mount St. Helens in Washington State. Oh, okay and then goes up through the Cascades, finishes a little bit south of Mount Rainier. Oh. Now,
0: do you, again, I just, I'm not a, I'm not an ultra marathoner, so I don't have this point of reference. You do 200 in, in all in the same day. You, this isn't like a pack in your gear and.
1: Well, not in, not in one day. The, okay. the, the winners will do it in about two and a half days. Okay. Mm.
0: Okay. So this, so this is definitely like a extended hike where you're, packing in supplies, or are there way stations along? Well, the there
1: are aid stations every, say, 8 to 12 miles, sometimes okay. 20. Um, and uh, so it's uh, you're you're you you don't have to carry everything. You don't have to carry a sleeping bag. Uh, okay. You, know, you, you can sort of crash in a chair at the, one of the aid stations.
0: <laughs> uh, I know I would be doing that.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, obviously stations. you'll have you know water and maybe some snacks and things. Yeah, you just carry uh, – you have to carry a fairly big pack because you're running in the mountains. You've got to be prepared for everything. You've got to have uh, you know layers and a little extra food and, uh, and certainly enough water if it looks like you're going to be going a long way without a refill. But uh, no, you don't have to carry uh, four days of supplies with you. But 200 miles, that's incredible. About what how taking. long do you go in a day? For those races well I average about 50 miles a day I guess oh um, that's a good day that's
0: a great day
1: <laughs> uh, and you're, you know you got to keep moving because once yeah. once the starting gun goes off the clock doesn't stop right yeah. if you want to sleep the clock's still going you got to make the cutoffs uh,
0: so the Bigfoot mm-hmm. 200 is your favorite ultra marathon in the 200 mile distance mm-hmm. what would you say in the 100 mile distance what stands out to you
1: Oh, boy, a lot of good ones there. Um, let's back down to 50. Um, my favorite 50-mile race is the Cayuga Trails 50 in Ithaca, New York. Okay. It is just an astounding race. It runs through these state parks with waterfalls and river gorges and a variety of trails, just uh, amazing. I do that race every year, and I am usually have been there, done that kind of racer, but this one, no. That one yeah, that I one go back every year. 000. Yeah.
0: And then favorite marathon. There's got to be one of those.
1: Oh, well, it's sort of, sort of a my favorite marathon, of course, is a trail marathon. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Death Valley Trail Marathon's always been my
0: oh. been my
1: favorite. It's it's not really technical. It's like a jeep trail for 26 miles. So, uh, and if you road runners want to get out and see what a nice uh, easy trail race is like, uh, go look into the Death Valley Trail. Uh, now, when is okay. that held? That surely that's in, not in December. So it's nice and oh, cool. Okay, goes over a couple of mountain passes. You're likely to see some snow up there. Hmm. Sounds incredible. What a, what a great career of running.
0: I'm wondering you you've been doing this for a while now, and you've had some incredible success. What is what is it that running has taught you that you would share with everybody?
1: Well, the uh, one thing that's uh, right up your alley is it certainly taught me that. Uh, Retirement doesn't mean mean you have to, you know, hang up your shoes or anything. I mean, I'm just just having a a, a total blast, and uh, it makes me think that a lot of people who really love running might want to consider not running very hard uh, when they're younger and just you know saving it up for when they're old. Because it used to be thought, well, you you got to have fun while you can, but no, you can you can have so much fun uh, once you're retired. I mean, do you want to use up your best years trying to compete against guys who can run in the Olympics or do you want to be like me and run against people who have one foot in the grate? You know. <laughs> <laughs> competitively you're going to do a lot better when you're well
0: Jean that's that's amazing and once again congratulations on yes. an incredible career and thanks for sharing some of your stories with us that's the time that we have to visit with you today but uh, congratulations on your inclusion in the fittest 50 over 50 and uh, we'll hopefully uh, get a chance to see your star continue to shine.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks, Gene.
0: Thanks, Gene. So uh, if you want to learn more about Gene and his 49 compatriots, you'll want to sign up to be notified when that list is made public at the50over50.com slash subscribe. And uh, Lil, of course, we know registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open and athletes are indeed registering. They are. If you are 50 years of age or older, you qualify. But Lil, we know, let's be honest, we're right in the middle of this pandemic. And of course, we're keeping our eye on things. We don't have a crystal ball to know how things are going to play out. Uh, But we're monitoring the situation. And right now, we're anticipating holding the event. And uh, as Gene mentioned earlier, so many things are opening up and it's looking very positive. So check out SeniorGames.net. You'll be able to get all of your uh, latest updates on COVID-19 and our response to what we're doing as well as registration information. The dates of the 2020 games are October 5th through the 17th. So put that on your calendar. If you have any feedback for us about the show, please shoot us an email at at activelife.seniorgames.net. And remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and uh, turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to that podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating, write a quick review. That helps us spread the word. Today's inspirational thought is from uh, just a, a thought that I found online, and it's a good one. You ready? I'm ready. Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Oh, good. Until next Thursday, stay active.